Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, is my co-hostess, Vanessa Hogel. We have a fantastic show up for you tonight. Our great friend Rob Guttrow is back in the house. You know him very well as a uh, psychic medium, author, paranormal investigator. He has many books out there. The Pets in the Afterlife series has a new book that just came out, The Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking. We're going we're gonna to be talking about that tonight. And uh, to start things off, though, we do have our 500 subscriber giveaway here on the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel. Now, last week was our Haunted Road Media 18,000 giveaway. That's our Haunted Road Media channel, our parent channel of Edge of the Rabbit Hole. And Joe Chandler was the winner for that. Mm -hmm. So we have the hat here, and we have names to pick out of here. So we have, here, I'll just kind of grab a few here. See, we have all kinds of names in the hat, and I just dropped one on the table. Put you back in. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna grab one of these. Somebody is going to be the lucky winner of oh. So coffee, ghosty, and Rob said he was gonna throw in a book. So his ba new da -dun -dun, his new case files of inspired ghost tracking. So here we go. We have a winner in my hand here. Drum roll, please. That's not a drum roll. Jennifer Lynn, you are the lucky winner. Yay! All right. So there we go. Uh, you will be getting Haunted Road Roast. It helps young ghosts. A, uh, <laughs> You've got Tim Schoen covered for the ghosty. night. A <laughs> ghosty. you got Tim Schoen covered for the night. A ghosty and then Rob's great new book, Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking. So Rob... Welcome back to the show. Um, again, our condolences to Franklin. We're really uh, sorry about his passing, but you have a great new book that came out, Inspired Ghost Tracking. Tell us a little bit about this new book. Well, first of all, Mike and Vanessa, thanks for having me back. I, I, I love coming back on the show with you guys because it's always great to visit with friends. Yeah. And this is certainly the time to do that, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and thanks about about Franklin. Um, for those who don't know, Franklin is uh, a dachshund, one of our four canine kids, and he was 16 years old. And we had to unfortunately say goodbye to him um, this past weekend because old age just got the best of him. Yeah. Um, but he's already given me signs. So, you know, that's and you don't have to be a medium to get signs from your pets who passed. But uh, so we're here to talk about case files of inspired ghost tracking. And I am proud to say that Mike was part of investigations for inspired ghost tracking. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I, get to I, that in a moment. But go ahead and tell us about the book. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember one crazy case that we were on with uh, poltergeist activity. But so case files of inspired ghost tracking. Um. Are, it's basically a compilation of some of the cases that uh, that we went on. Inspired Ghost Tracking is a, a paranormal group in Maryland that that uh, helps people with paranormal problems. We have uh, two different types of investigators. We have investigators that use scientific equipment like digital cameras, high-speed cameras, infrared cameras, uh, thermometers, K2 meters, digital recorders and such. Um, and then there's mediums. I'm one of the mediums. There are a couple of others um, on the team. And uh, the team it was founded by Margaret Ehrlich back 10 years ago. And um, 
it's grown to over 100 members, but there, there are, uh, I think there are about 15 core members that go on the investigations into people's homes. Um, so the interesting thing about this particular book is that, number one, you never know what you're going to run into when you go into somebody's house. Right. Um, and there's a whole variety of of different things that we ran into. We ran into earthbound ghosts. We ran into a ghost that was attached to a piece of jewelry. We ran into um, quite a bit of poltergeist activity generated by living people um, who had some emotional issues. Um, we encountered a couple of spirits, those who have crossed over and were visiting in a house. Um, so, so there's a whole host of things. Um, but we've also encountered some residual uh, en energy. Residual is basically a thumbprint of energy left behind by an emotional experience. It's not an interactive ghost, so it's not a haunting. Um, it's just something that keeps reappearing over and over again when there's some energy. So, so in short, that's that. That's what is in the book. Um, we also highlight a couple of things that contain a couple of investigations that contain Ouija boards, which are not a good thing to use. Mm. <laughs> um, and I also take you on a tour of Baltimore's Federal Hill because oh, we, we were actually asked to create a ghost tour in Federal Hill, Baltimore. Um, and Mike, I know you're very familiar with Baltimore. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, there's a whole, a whole chapter in there is devoted to when we walked around um, Baltimore and all the ghosts I encountered, and then they were proven by our historian, Rhonda. Nice, nice. And uh, we did put the link to Rob's book down in the description, so you can go ahead and uh, click in there, go ahead and purchase his book, please. So, Rob, you did, I, I told you I had a little treat for you. Uh, you did okay. mention that investigation that uh, I, I actually partook in a couple of inspired ghost strikings investigations, mm -hmm. but the one that we actually first met, this yes. was like eight years ago. Now there's the article. Oh, I was going to pull that out tonight. Rob. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is Rob awesome. Right I'm kind of hiding in the back there. Cause I wasn't really part of the team, but there's Rob. And uh, you are in a photo in here as well with Troy Klein. Yeah. yeah. So let me, let me grab that too. So, there's Rob and Troy down there. So wow, I look good in shadow. <laughs> <laughs> so a little blast so, from the past. <laughs> that that is awesome. Um, I want to say something here. Um, just because you know, Rob and Mike know me very well. They know I'm very candid, and and, and very upfront in my in my personal opinions. And I wanted to take this time publicly to thank you, Rob for not only the way you go about investigating and documenting, but the way you try to communi communicate with spirit and try to be compassionate, whether it's animal or human. And the fact that the information that you get and give is more important to you than a scare. And in, in this type of, of field that we're in, where that seems to take precedence, mm. uh, where, where frightening people perceived real or otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to use that term loosely, um, 
and giving them in, and, or giving them information where the giving them the information and and trying to help takes a, takes a back seat to the scare in that field that we're in right now the fact that you disregard what the masses seem to want and do it what i consider the right way i just want to thank you well thank you uh, i appreciate that um you know i i really think that the abilities that you and i share are are really should be should really be used for healing and for comforting instead of for frightening and um that's why you and i are kindred spirits just like the name yes, of my sir. book yes sir <laughs> yes sir it's just it just seems to me it is it it's cutting off your nose to spite your face by going for for the fright aspect of it over the compassionate aspect of it we all want to know what happens when we pass whether it's to us loved ones animals whatever we all want to know that mm -hmm. yet yet the masses seem to shy away from the very information they claim to seek and that is what i've what i've had a lot of trouble really understanding lately why do you think that is do you think it's fear-based finding out the truth yeah, I think people are. I think some people are afraid to find out the truth, and um, other people are afraid what may happen when they uh, when they cross. Especially people who are very, you know, um, uh, strict in their religious beliefs, maybe because one thing wrong may send them to the wrong place in their mind. Um, I also think that it's the um, it's the climate of the uh, of the country right now is that it's fear based. Um, and and I, I think that that has something to do with um, the mindset of people. But we need to look for the positive. We need to focus on the positive because there's so much yeah. of that. You do a lot of that. I try. You do a lot of that. And, and I, for one, am eternally grateful. When it comes to the, the communication part and in your new book, the, mm -hmm. in, in the book that, that you guys are talking about, what was your most inspiring moment? where you were able to communicate and possibly give or get information? Oh, gosh, there were so many of them. Um, I, I think it, in one particular case, there was, a, there was a, a ghostly attachment, which was really an odd case, um, where uh, the ghost of a man had attached to a piece of jewelry that he made and wound up haunting a home where the jewelry came in um one of the most tender things from that experience was that the homeowner's father came through in spirit to protect her and her family um so she was dealing with a ghost and the spirit of her dad who was acting as a protector um, and, and I knew that because her dad was speaking to me in a foreign language, which I didn't understand. And, and I asked her, I said, there's, there's a man here, there's an older man, uh, one generation from you, I think it's your father, but he's not speaking English. And he's telling me, or he's making me feel like he's telling me that he's here to protect you. Does that make any sense? And she said, that's my dad. And she said, I think he spoke either Greek or Italian, I can't remember. But um, it was all Greek to me anyway. <laughs> but I, I understood what he was there for. So, so that was really special because it, it told me that spirits of our loved ones are always there trying to protect us. Very true. 
very true. What you got, Mike? <laughs> well, one of the things I was doing something. One <laughs> <laughs> of the things I was wondering about the uh, the new book, Rob. Um, I know inspired ghost tracking, and, and you yourself have done a lot of work at Belmont Manor, and so I was wondering you know, how much that may be featured in the book. It's a, it's a place that. You know, I have really enjoyed investigating. It's been a long time since I've been back there, but it's a, it's a wonderful location. So what do you have for us in store in regards to Belmont in there? Well, we are, uh, there, there's, I'm going to have to defer on that one. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one is uh, not in the book. Oh, but there okay. is another Maryland mansion in the, in the book that, um, that was full of ghosts. Which mansion is that? I have to not name that. You one, can't actually. name it, <laughs> so we have to pick up the book to find out. Yeah, I no, can't. Name, I can't lawyers. name it. I can't name it for legal reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So even yeah. in the book, it's not named. No, it's unnamed. It's just called okay. Maryland. Mansion. Just the Maryland mansion. Okay. Now, it, Rob, it that in in that one though, it has layers though. There's at least two, if not three, different time frames. Of the particular spirits that are, that are attached to that location, correct? Yeah, there are there there are uh, there are ghosts in there from uh, all different um, periods. Um, there are in that in this particular chapter, there are actually a, a lot of ghosts in there, and um, it was really unusual to explore this particular uh, Maryland mansion. Mm -hmm. um there were there was a there's the ghost of a, a little girl who um, belonged to people that lived in the mansion there is uh another young girl in there who uh was um part of the um house staff mm -hmm. she stayed um there's a mysterious woman there's um there's a there's a military man who was actually part of a uh a plan to um, invade Iraq, um, oh, wow. and he came back after he died because he. So that so th this was an interesting uh, an interesting entity in that this particular chapter. Um, this I, I call him the general. I'm not sure what his rank was exactly. Um, uh, Troy and I were never never able to really figure out what his rank was, but we knew he was in this meeting. It was a top secret meeting where uh, people from the Pentagon came up to this mansion and they planned, um, I think it was Desert Storm. He was a two-star. He was, <laughs> okay. You, well, look at you picking all these <laughs> things up. So, um, so anyway, he, he passed away. And when he passed away, he, he carried with him such guilt for this because he realized that it was all... Um, this attack was this war was founded on false uh, information and he suspected it um, and there were and as we know there were no weapons of mass destruction or anything so right. um, so he, for his penance for his afterlife he decided he was going to haunt a particular room in the mansion where he was part of the planning mm -hmm. and when you go in there um, he really makes you feel awful because he feels awful. So he, he emanates that, that feeling. And um, people who have gone in there have reported uh, heaviness in the chest and um, 
difficulty breathing and and headaches and even lightheadedness. Um, so and there have been many people who have experienced the same thing. So so this guy is in that in that mansion. Um, so he's one of the many ghosts in there. Okay. Um, there were <clears throat> there was a, there's a murder victim that haunts the mansion. There are people who there's a merchant who came in <laughs> to sell something and he died there. Oh um, my. Yeah. So it's just filled with incredible things. And th- there's there's two portals, by the way. So um, portals are something. The last time I talked about a portal, I think, was in my book Ghosts of England when we encountered a Tom and I encountered a portal in the Salt Tower, the Tower of London. I remember you talking about that on this show. Yeah. 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 And so a portal is a portal is basically a doorway of energy that that ghosts can use to go from one place to another within uh, within a setting. So um, so you'll, you'll read about a portal, you'll read about multiple ghosts from multiple time periods. Um, and that's the case of the Maryland mansion, I believe. So yeah, very, very uh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm not giving anything away, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty packed. Yeah. So, um, so again, there is his book, Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking, the latest from Rob Guttrow. Be sure to uh, you know check out the link down in the description. I saw that Quarantine Ghost had, had put it in there in the uh, chat as well. So uh, definitely go grab that. I like that cover, too. Well, thanks. Um, I, I have, so I have to give a plug um, <clears throat> to um, a woman named Lisa. Uh, it's, she works online. She um, she does this in her spare time, um, and it's called Got You Covered. That's the that's the person who designed this for me, um, and she actually designs romance novel covers. It has that vibe. It has that vibe just a little bit. So a friend of mine who writes romance novels, she, um, uh, Josie Naclerio, mm-hmm. she she writes great romance novels, you know, and and she, um, I've read all all three in her Carbonari series. Carbonari is an Italian police officer, uh, military police, um, and, and you know they're straight romances, so they're not gay romances. <laughs> Because you know, you think a gay guy would be reading gay romances, but no, I was reading. And <laughs> so she, she, uh, she, and she's married to a police officer, and she writes the great, the greatest stories involving police and romance. Um, so Josie Naclerio, you have to look her up. She's awesome. I'll have to check it we'll out. Do. I'll have to we'll check do. it out. Yeah, could use a little romance in my life, right? It's romance and police action. So it's pretty thrilling. Um, But uh, anyway, so she she, uh, directed me to this woman, Lisa, who did the cover. And Lisa also did the cover to the uh, Kindred Spirits with the the two faces. Okay. Really? Great, great. Yeah, that was a, uh, I really liked that cover. That was a good cover. So we are getting some questions in from the chat. Uh, Kat Gash has a question for you. Uh, I know her. Yeah, yeah, we know (laughs) Kat. We've we've known Kat for a long time. (laughs) Uh, She asks... What has been the most interesting investigation you've had with Margaret and IGT? The most interesting? Uh, gosh. Well, I would, uh, you know, I would say the double murder ghost investigation. And uh, Margaret asked that I include that in this book. That's actually in, um, it's in my, uh, my book, Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead. But that one truly was um, the landmark case 
for uh, for IGT. Um, figuring out, you know, the, the the two women who were brutally murdered in a home were still haunting the home um, when they the homeowners knew nothing. They they knew nothing about who was in there. They knew nothing about the history of it. And um, when we went in to investigate, we actually got photographic proof of the wow. face of one of them in an orb that when we blew it up. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, and it's pretty creepy. Um, but the things these two ghosts told us about what the murderer did to them, and the murderer is actually doing time um, in Maryland, life, double life. Wow. Okay. In prison, um, he was caught, um, but he went on a, a drug-infested binge and uh, lost his mind and murdered this woman and uh, her daughter-in-law, and wow. and he not only murdered them, I mean he brutally murdered them in various ways, pushing them downstairs, sexually assaulting them, using a gun, and all kinds of things. It was just vicious. I mean, and. You know that was that was pretty early on when I was when I joined the group, and I thought to myself, "Gosh, Margaret, I, if they're all going to be like this, I don't know if I can handle yeah, it. <laughs> this." This is pretty yeah. bad. Um, it's tough. Yeah, that. So it was it was pretty awful. But yeah, how what, do you, as a psychic medium, handle the emotions from a case like that? Oh gosh. Um, when you're in the thick of the investigation, you feel all these emotions. And uh, I, I usually, I, I'm writing them down as I'm experiencing them or I'm voicing them. Uh, usually when we go on the investigations, one of the, one of the tech people, like Rhonda, um, who is the historian also, she'll, she always comes with, with me. Somebody else goes with Troy, the other medium, and then someone else will go with Tom, my husband Tom, the other medium. And they will bring recorders, and um, sometimes we try to do channeling, and, um, and Rhonda acts as a kind of a buffer. She'll help me kind of get the emotions under control. So it, it's really good to have somebody there to, with you to do it together. Um, I just can't imagine people who go investigate solo. Um, no. And what you know, I see that in TV. Do you, do you see that on television, where they go by themselves? The very few times I've watched any of it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I've done Sorry. some investigating on my own before. It's it's different for sure. What, doesn't it make you nervous though to to do that? Um, it it can be a little disconcerting. Um. I mean, I've only done it a couple of times, but in, in the one, I was actually um, more afraid physically because it was it was in an abandoned hospital and oh people boy. like to break into there because, you know, it's a cool place, especially like kids. Yeah. It's a cool yeah. place to go and they, they vandalize and things like that. And when I was in there on my own, I, I did come across a kid hiding under the desk of the nurse's station where I was going to investigate because the nurse is routinely uh, seen there and I had to escort him out of the building. So it's, it's more of like a physical safety thing rather than anything spiritual. Okay. But if you're talking about somebody like Rob or myself who... For you, yeah, that'd be a whole different ballgame. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid to do it, to, to go off you know, to go off on an investigation by yourself or to go to an investigation by yourself 
Uh, there have been plenty of times for me where if there wasn't somebody there, I might not be sitting here with you guys today. Well, yeah, you go running off. <laughs> yeah, because well, being being a medium and being sensitive as, as we are, Vanessa, you know, sometimes these these ghosts will try and really come through very strongly and oh yeah, and control our emotions. So so we need somebody. So. Um, so, Mike, we need somebody like you to be with us <laughs> so that we don't become unhinged by, gotcha. by what we get. So uh, one thing that, I, that comes to mind is when um, when Shauna and I were in the Old Mineral Springs Hotel and we were both sensing, we walked around together and we were sensing the same ghost at the same place doing the same thing. Um, we actually, we relied on each other to keep each other in check. Um, so... You know, even two mediums can help each other that way. No, you're right. Gwen and I did that in Ireland. We did that in Ireland. So I saw, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was just us. It was just us, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that, that does make sense. It just there, there needs to be at least two people. Just two, you know. So, personal opinion. Well, I would, just even from a safety measure, if one person gets hurt, you know, and yes. then the other person is there to, you know, to try to help or call somebody or, or what have you, because anything could happen on investigation. Oh, yeah. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll happen sometimes. A couple <laughs> more questions here from the chat. Um, Mr. CO2, is it wise to block a portal that perhaps the spirit has been traveling through for centuries? Why block a portal? Yeah, that, yeah. This question is: It wise to block a portal that perhaps a spirit has been traveling through for centuries? Well, oh, we well, we never we never try to block a portal that a ghost may be uh, trying to use, um, unless we cross the ghost over. Um, the only portals that we really close are those open to dark places from Ouija boards. Okay. So, uh, so the two portals the, in the in that Maryland mansion that I mentioned, what, what actually what the the reason for the the portals that we figured out was that one of the portals was in the mansion, the other one was in the cemetery behind the mansion. So one of the ghosts who lived there understood that their relative was dead and buried in the in the cemetery and would use that portal to go to the cemetery to visit. The gravesite of their relative. Okay. That was that's that's the reason why. So we didn't close those portals. We would we would never do that because, you know that that ghost. That's all that ghost has. Um, yeah, that's how they're coming back to visit. Ow, sorry. Oh, bless you. Thank you. You're right. So, yeah, it was. I was that looked painful. To blow your eardrums <laughs> out. That's a powerful sneeze right there. Yeah. <laughs> I was really trying not to, not throw my back out, not trying not to throw y'all's eardrums out. So I'm all right. So, um, so Mike, one of the, one of the recurring themes in a number of these cases is the use of Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I have never been a proponent of Ouija boards. Um, and for the most part, IGT recommends not using them. Um, especially for people who think they're toys or um, don't know that other things or anything can come through when you're trying to get to somebody. Um, 
So there was one case that that's in the book, and uh, well, actually, there are a couple of cases in the book. Um, one of them I call the House of Darkness, because when you walk in there, no matter what, um, no matter how much light was coming in, you, it felt very, very dark. Um, another one is called the Ouija Board Floods a Home with Dark Energy, um, and in that particular case, the the homeowner had um, filled out a form. So so here's how it works with with IGT. I'm not sure if it works this way with other paranormal groups, but um, we have an online form that people can go to the website. All they have to do is Google paranormal groups in Maryland and they'll find us. And then they, they go on the website, they fill this form out, relay all the things that are going on in their home. Margaret reviews it. Margaret calls the homeowner. They have a, they have a, a one-on-one. And Margaret makes a decision whether or not we're going to investigate. Um, so in in this particular case, the homeowner said that everybody in the house was sick. Everybody was physically sick in the house. And they felt like there was a heaviness. They think that there was some kind of ghost in there. Um, and they didn't know what was happening. So... In this particular case, um, as we walked through it, it turned out we went into one room and Troy and I and Tom all felt that a Ouija board was used in this room and there was a portal on one side of the room opened to a dark spot, letting in dark negative energy and and just darkness. Um, It turned out the homeowner said that the daughter lived in that room and she used to use the Ouija board and then she moved out and all that negative energy made people physically sick in the home for a long time before they called let me ask you real quick just because i did glance down and i saw this in the chat right now because i got all my specs so i could see Um, i know right my (laughs) old lady glasses hey um let me ask you um because i'm not a fan of Ouija boards. Now, have I used them? Yes, in my youth. Sure. Um, but I, I, I'm not a fan of them. But I also understand that many people view them as a simple divination tool, like a pendulum, tarot cards, crystals, things like that. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile the similarities and the differences between the two and the way that people view them? Well, I think I think really it's all about knowing how to use them and and protecting yourself first before you do that um you know i I think that when we were all kids the ouija board came out by parker brothers as a child's toy yeah it's a game yeah it was a game and like that's the worst thing you could give to a child (laughs) um you know let's call let's call up our our deceased grandma and well, and lo and behold, Jack the Ripper walks through. <laughs> well, and um, let's face it, when we were kids doing Ouija boards, the last person we were trying to get through to, to come through was Grandma. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay. I mean, let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade. We wanted the creepy. Well, or or what I've seen before, you got two you know, adolescent girls, you know, working the thing and they're trying to get the spirit to tell them, you know, who the, um, you know, which boy likes them. And I could imagine any spirit walking into the room at that point is going to be like, oh, are you kidding me? Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
pretty much. And yes, guilty. You've done <laughs> okay. it. Yep. Guilty right here. This chica. Well, the other thing about children, too, is that because they're, you know, they're, they're not thinking, they're not, their minds are not logically uh, developed yet. They have the more of an ability to see earthbound ghosts, as, as you all know, and, and spirits than we do as we grow older. So they would know what came in. Um, but so we, we've, we've cautioned people away from using them because a lot of people don't want to take protections they they you know we, we we basically tell them that using a ouija board is like leaving your front door open with a big sign that says hey anybody who wants to come on in mm-hmm. yeah, yeah if you want to rob us if you want to beat us if you want to <laughs> just come on in so and that's and that's what happens at the spirit world and and um we we tell them that you know you don't want an invisible thing in there that's hostile in your house so uh, very true very true so there are a couple of cases in there um uh so before we went on vanessa you and i were talking about uh an email that i got from somebody Uh about whether or not how how do you know a medium is talking to a dead person versus reading somebody's mind yes and i told you and i i I was so glad you didn't laugh at me when i said this (laughs) because when i first came out of the broom closet publicly. Mm-hmm. I actually wondered if that's what I was doing. I wondered if when I was conversing with somebody and telling them what I was seeing and hearing and everything else, and they were able to confirm it right then and there, I did wonder for quite some time, am I picking this information out of their brain? Am I reading their mind and repeating back to them what their subconscious is telling me they want to know. And I'm, I'm proud that I questioned myself on that. Mm-hmm. I, am. Um, I think everybody should. And I was so glad to hear I wasn't the only crazy one because you got an email about it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it was a woman that read my pets in the afterlife book. And she said, well, how do I know that you're not reading my mind? And I said, well, that's a, that's a great question. I said, well, uh, I'm going to explain it this way. There are a lot of different gifts. One of them is being a medium. That means you can talk to people and pets who passed. The second one is being a psychic, which is means you can tune into energies past, present, and future. And and tarot card readers can do that too. The tarot card readers, I, I consider being psychic people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one is being a mind reader. I said, those are, those are three examples. I mean, and, and a fourth example is like someone who can foretell someone's death. And I know somebody like that, too. My mom. Um, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> um, so that said, I think mind readers really need to be in close physical proximity in order to read somebody's mind. Um, I also told her, and, and I'm posting this on a blog, and I think next week, um, I said, you know, if I were a mind reader, I would have a perfect relationship with my husband. Because I would know exactly <laughs> what he's thinking, <laughs> you know, um, and I and I don't I don't know what he's thinking half the time. I'm like, wow, that would be some gift to have. Um, would be helpful for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I. Well, yeah, I don't I don't think I'd want it either because I'm sure there are things that he's thinking about I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like surprises. 
<laughs> when you watch just all these forensic files shows and stuff like that, I don't want anything to do with that stuff. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so that said, I, I think, you know, everybody has a different gift. And so I gave her one, an example that, that um, you and I talked about um, on one of our, our shows about the pets in the afterlife. And I told her, um, if I were a mind reader, um, I would not be able to solve mysteries that, that people from the other side give me answers to. Case in point, um, well, my friend Ed, number one, from Kindred Spirits, he helped me figure out the puzzle of how he died, and we were able to confirm that, that he, was, he, didn't, he didn't commit a suicide. He, he actually accidentally mixed prescription medications. Oh. Um, so solved his murder after or his murder, his death after 15 years. Another one was a dog. Um, there was this dog named Clancy that the, the woman emailed me and she said, my dog passed away, my puppy passed away. And I have no idea. He was a puppy. What happened? So the dog conveyed that the dog was out eating plants in the backyard. I sent her a list with uh, SPCA toxic plants. Mm. She read through them. She realized she had several of them in the backyard. The dog was out that night earlier eating those plants. And she said, so if I were a mind reader, I'm reading the mind of the dog. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm getting a message from the dog. She didn't know how the dog died. So I'm not a mind reader. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. My son still gets irritated with me because we can't sit down and watch a movie without me telling him how it's going to end. Oh, boy. <laughs> he gets so irritated about that. He's like, just, just stop it, mom. Just don't tell me because it's, it's ridiculous how often it happens within 15 to 20 minutes of the movie. I'm like, oh, okay. I see where this is going, blah, 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 you know? And it's like, I see the rest of the movie in my head. He's like, you're reading my mind, mom, or, or cause if he's already seen it or something. So I get where that comes from. I really do. And sometimes I still wonder, is that what I'm doing? if I'm in close proximity, like you said, but I think that there are so many variations of it. So many little nuances of, of how we do things that, that kind of encompass all of it. I think we are doing a little bit of mind reading. A little. So Mike, let me ask you, does Shana read your mind? Um, not anymore. <laughs> do, not anymore. <laughs> Well, does she, I mean, can she anticipate what you're thinking or? Uh, Rob, we need to have a little talk because Shauna and I aren't together anymore. So, oh. yeah. Okay, sorry. I didn't get a chance to tell you before the show. It's been a busy couple of months, but um, yeah. Um, I see. I do it with my son all the time. You read his mind? Yep, but he does mine too. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> That's quite a household you live in. Huh? I said that's quite a household you live in. Oh, yes. We'll be sitting on the couch and I'll be thinking of something. And he will turn to me and like I'll be sitting there thinking, not even talking about it. Like, man, I want some orange chicken. Yes. Where's the where's the Panda Express? And he'll look over at me and he goes, Mom, you want me to go get some orange chicken? Oh, my gosh. Not even dinner time. (laughs) <laughs> okay not even dinner time so it does happen i just don't think it happens 
when we're doing what we're doing. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Woo! Yeah. Orange chicken. Now I want it. No, oh, geez. <laughs> Stop it. I can't help it. I'm hungry. Ah, feed me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a lot more questions from the chat. I have to uh, admit that uh, when you start talking about portals and, and Ouija boards, that opened up a whole... Uh, okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of questions on, on those particular topics. So I'll pick out a couple here because there are quite a few. Uh, Victoria Monday asks, I have a friend who's lived in a house for two years and recently felt like a portal has opened in her house. Do new portals open or was this an inactive portal that reopened? Uh, it could be either one, actually. Um, <clears throat> if there's a if there's a new energy source, if there's a new emotional energy source that can power it, um, it can certainly reopen. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's like a ghost. Uh, I look at earthbound ghosts and spirits as basically beings of energy, like a light bulb that has no energy to turn on unless there's physical energy or emotional energy nearby. And once there is, <clears throat> that light bulb can light up or that ghost can get strong enough to um, to make an appearance or make a noise or something like that. And, and portals are por portals are doorways of energy. So if there's energy nearby, it can certainly kickstart again. That's, that's how real, I would. Gotcha. Real quick, Mike, I've got to expand on that question. I, sure. This is it, Cause it just hit me. Okay. You were speaking earlier of a particular spirit that used a portal to get to a cemetery to see. Yes. One. Now is that portal a single portal where it's like, here's the room, here's the cemetery, or is it like portal, tunnel, portal? I, um, I know it's weird. No, no, I, I understand that. Um, I think it's just portal to portal, doorway to doorway, and there's nothing in between. Okay, because that just made me wonder, is it almost like a, a black hole, so to speak? Yeah. You mean like a wormhole? Yes, like a wormhole where, it, and that ma that makes me wonder why, you know, or wonder if if they are like wormholes. Then let's say that we close off one side, but then that other side is left open. You see what I'm saying? That could either that could really kick up energy in the other location, or or cause, um, you know, maybe them to try to get back through and the other end of it it just makes me wonder this is how my brain works you know and it makes me wonder why is that why it's so easy for me to to communicate with spirits you know sitting in my living room to the ones that are overseas you know things like that it makes one wonder yeah it definitely does no, so no i i don't think we know the answers really we we won't know them until we're on the other side but um but it seemed to me that there was no there was no tunnel if you will it was just a uh, one doorway um and bada bing bada boom yeah yeah okay okay all right go on mike uh, <laughs> well thank you vanessa <laughs> well that just it it was <laughs> it was it 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 was part of that question. So no, I, I totally just, I get it. To totally get it. Right yeah, in there. yeah, it was a good question. Um, this from Cortine goes uh, on, on Ouija boards. How is using a Ouija board different from regular mediumship? You said that a Ouija board opens a doorway for any spirit to come through. Isn't that what mediumship does in general? Open a door so spirits can come through. 
Um, that's a good question, but uh, no, we don't open any doors. Um, we just talk to people who or pets who are present. So um, if a, if a person wants to communicate, if a spirit wants to communicate, they'll know that I I want to talk to them to help somebody else. Um, and, and the reason they know that is that the love of the other person, the person I'm talking to, is like a, a tether that goes out into the ether and and connects with them and brings them to me that that individual same thing with a pet um if it's an earthbound ghost uh, there's i'm not opening a portal i'm just actually talking to the entity that's in the room okay does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense okay um, let's see. Let's take another one here from the chat room. Uh, there was one from all the way back from the beginning from Tom McNicholas, wondering how you and IGT find new locations to investigate. Ah, good question. Well, n normally we find um, we find investigations because people in the general public will have some issues going on in their house. Um, and as I mentioned in the beginning, we do kind of an assessment to figure out if something is actually paranormal or maybe just abnormal <laughs> or something to do with the house settling or, or, or electrical issues. Um, so, you know, we have different people on the uh, on the group that can actually figure out these problems, whether or not a house is settling, if if there are electrical problems, you know, K electricians use K2 meters to figure out if there's uh, an uh, electromagnetic field emanating from your, your fuse box, if you will, um, or any kind of appliance. And that will make you feel like somebody's watching you or make you feel even nauseous or dizzy, um, a strong electromagnetic field. So we have, we go through and, and uh, try to debunk things from being paranormal. Um, in addition to private investigations, Margaret will find um, historic places for us to go and investigate. So uh, there's there's really been no shortage. There's a you know there's a lot of dead people that want to talk out there. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, <laughs> when it comes to that, when you're talking about the electromagnetic field and the fact that it can cause nausea, paranoia, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, what about the locations where there, there, there is no obvious reason for the electromagnetic field to be so high? There's no power lines. There's no electricity running to anything. No power boxes, abandoned structures. Uh, Gwen and I have had that where it's popped up to eight point seven. Wow! In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so that that we chalk that up as an anomaly, and then we try to uh, get uh, other things to correlate with that data, um, and even a medium to come in and see if there's anybody there that wants to talk to them, um, and then we we can make an assessment whether or not it's paranormal or um, just unusual. Okay. Yeah. We try not to jump on the uh, it's paranormal, you know, immediately bandwagon because mm. we're all about proof. And um, and our first I think our first rule of thumb is to try and explain things in a physical sense uh, that makes sense. Now, do you 
do you go into every investigation like that? Or if you're just out exploring, is it still about proof or is it about feeling? Well, it's about both actually for me. Uh, so feeling, yes, uh, all the time. Um, and, and then proof. Um, and I don't go on every investigation. You know, of course, right now under these conditions, we don't have any investigations. But um, for the most part, I go on most of them. Um, and Troy and I usually go together because um, we compare notes and we often get the same things. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's good to have another medium on the team that can can correlate what you get. Yeah, and Troy's really good too. Um, Tom McNicholas says, I just got Rob's book. So thank you very Yay! much, Tom. Well, well, thank you very much. I hope, uh, I, you know, I, I hope um, for the folks that, that do read the book, um, that they feel like they're on the investigations with us. Um, there's a, somebody actually gave me a nice review on Amazon that said as they were reading the book, they felt like they were walking into the house, the houses with us and, um, and examining these places. Um, and you know, that's, that's really my purpose in, in writing this book. Number one is to give people a feel for what it's like to be on an investigation. Number two, to, to make people aware that not every house is the same. In fact, every house is different. Um, and every, every experience is different. You never know who you're going to get. Uh, you know, you could run into, uh, 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 the ghost of a child. You could run into the ghost of an old man. You can run into um, a ghost of a grandmother, and and they all have different reasons for staying. Um, one of the investigations is called the Steelworkers Ghost. Now we were we were south of Baltimore for this, and there was a ghost who <clears throat> uh, who had died in in Baltimore. And he was a steel worker. He told he told me all about how he was a steel worker and so forth. And and then he, I learned the reason why he was haunting this particular house. Um, and it, he was attracted to the house because of of the two sons that lived there. They reminded him of his sons. And and there was another link between the two sons and his sons. And it, it just crazy things that you know you would never expect and we had to ask the the parent the uh, parents you know do your sons do this and and they said yeah how did you know that and <laughs> i said because this steelworkers ghost here had two sons that did the same kind of thing and, and they were flabbergasted um so you never know what you're going to run into and so this this book will will give you a good idea about what it's like to be on an investigation and um, and how we solve how we solve these cases how we figure out who these people are and why they are there and then we help them cross over. And IGT is a very very respected uh, team there in Maryland um, and you know even across the country. I mean. You, you guys have your meetings and people from all over uh, come and, uh, you know, speak at the meetings and, and what have you. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic group that, that Margaret runs and you've been a part of it for a long time. And I know I've I've really enjoyed all the times I've been there to speak or even sit in on, um, you know, some of the presentations that are there and even the investigations are, are really well done. So, you know, you guys are fantastic. 
Well, thanks. I, I I hope Margaret's listening right now, and <clears throat> I won't be able to talk to her for about a week because her ego will be too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Margaret. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, so so Mike, that investigation that so you you showed the city, the Baltimore City paper. Yeah, was the city one, paper. What yeah, the, that was the, the paper was that we were on the cover of. There we go. Um, do you remember what year that is? Does that, that was uh, 2012. Wow. That was eight years ago. Yeah. That was it, that was the day that we met, and uh, yeah. and you know your husband Tom is in the photo as well, right next to you. Yeah, they should have put you in the front. You're the most good looking of everybody in there. So I wasn't uh, a I wasn't a member of IGT, so I, I just kind of stood. I know, but you're the most. So, you have... <laughs> <laughs> so they should have put you in the front and I put the mean, old they guy got, in they the got, back. They got uh, Anthony Holmes out there in front. He's looking pretty hip there. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't couldn't see the front of the paper, but yeah. uh, so that was an interesting case too. And if I remember, there was there was actually poltergeist activity yeah. um, from one of the, and it turned out to be was it a teenage? It was girl? a teenage girl. Yeah, it was the daughter. Yeah. Yep. And she was she was uh, creating uh, activity that simulated a ghost. Um, so one of the things that we have to tell the homeowner is that well we have to ask the homeowner if somebody has any emotional issues or um if somebody uh, if one of the one of the people in the home is a teenager and has maybe angst or anger issues or something um and that we often find out that's the case um and in one of the other cases in the book where there's poltergeist activity we did that and it turned out one of the one of the girls there were two daughters in the home the oldest daughter was insanely jealous of the younger daughter, and we, we recommended that she get, you know, some kind of counseling. Well, she got counseling, poltergeist activity stopped. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really yeah, interesting dude. case for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's great that the, the counseling, you know, nipped that in the bud. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, um, you know, young adolescents or, I, I mean, even adults, it, it can happen where, you know, people especially with your type of abilities you know that actually manifests you know as a type of energy that kind of resembles spirit activity like like it is a ghost or, or mm -hmm. something this gal yep. <laughs> when i was 13 so, so let's get to at least one more question before we wrap it up because we are getting close to the end of the show we are oh my gosh. yeah, yeah i know it happen? goes by fast uh, from molly may uh, can animal spirits stay with us forever, even longer than they were in our lives? I still feel my kitty helping and protecting me still 11 years later, but he was only alive 12 years. Sure. Um, time is irrelevant on the other side. And um, when when any uh, spirit is connected to us, they are bound to us forever. And we all we will see them when we get to the other side, and then we will all come back together. There you go. <laughs> yep time means nothing on the other side yeah. and uh let's take at least one more here yeah um, speaking of time <laughs> yeah speaking of time <laughs> from victoria monday this is about seances uh kind of interesting wouldn't doing a seance be the same thing as opening a portal you're seeking someone not just speaking to who's in the room yeah, I think seances would probably open portals too. They did open doorways, just like um, uh, just like a Ouija board. But but having um, usually there are, are 
somebody running a seance tends to know a little bit more about what they're doing. I hope. You would hope, <laughs> you, yeah. You would like to think so. <laughs> yeah, and can you protect would, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, although we see them doing all kinds of stupid shit like that on TV. Yeah, I said that out loud. Yeah, um, we do. Well, yeah. you know, I posted <laughs> on the Haunted Road Media channel uh, early this year a seance that was conducted in Las Vegas when I was out there for the Shockfest Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And wow, that was, like, I, don't, I don't know if they knew what they were doing. It was some sort of craziness going on. They took up like the entire patio to run this thing and it lasted for hours. And it was, I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. I'm more frightened by the people that don't know what they're doing, but looked it up on Google and think they're experts. Yeah. I've actually seen that portrayed on TV by, you know, on, on actual television shows, not, not in a movie, but on television shows. And I, I just, I wish they would understand the responsibility because they're, your audience is watching that. And yeah. they're going, they're, they're looking to you as an example. And if that is what you're showing them, it's extremely irresponsible. And I've, I've seen the negative effects of what can happen from somebody that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it's like somebody building a sandcastle and think they're an engineer. That right. <laughs> oh, that is a beautiful analogy. That is a beautiful analogy. That is absolutely correct. And I just wish they would understand that. They're not gonna. I've been preaching it for years hadn't happened yet it's not going to happen but i'll keep preaching all right by the way there's one uh, really cool chapter in here very short chapter about dr mudd's house i know that oh, you're great really? that. yes yes yeah. been there several uh, times there is uh, a photograph that Rhonda took um oh, that shows, of dr mudd yes that shows a shadow of dr mudd mm-hmm. coming down the stairs yeah that's wow. uh that's a fantastic photo that she captured yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. So that's in there. Um, but um, anyway, I, I really hope that uh, people decide to pick up the book and, and uh, enjoy it. Um, you learn a lot about how everybody lives, too, and uh, why people stay behind, uh, the reasons they stay behind. Um, and and I, I think the lesson from this is that when you pass, never stay behind. Cross over. Because uh, you'll cause trouble for yourself and you'll cause trouble for others and you'll be stuck here for eternity. And this is not the place you want to be. Right. So, Rob, we're getting down. We're at the end of the show. Um, Quarantine Ghost has posted the link to your book in the chat, which is great. It's also in the description of the video here on YouTube. Uh, For those listening to the podcast later, Rob, where can they find uh, you and your books? Uh, They can find me on Amazon with both of your books yeah. <laughs> <laughs> type in amazon um and, and look up rob gutro g-u-t-r-o or mike ricksecker or vanessa hogel because we all have put out some really interesting books we all get um, lumped there <laughs> yeah yeah we, yeah we well well we have we you know we've all read each other's books so right right um so everything yeah so everything's on amazon um they go to robguttrow.com or petspirits.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. But if you go to robguttrow.com or petspirits.com, you'll see all my social media links and stuff like that. Um, 
And, yeah, and um, you write a fantastic blog as well. So definitely, uh, people, you need to go and, and read his blog. Uh, a lot of great information out there. I uh, yeah I I I love to get questions by the way. So I do a Q and A like once a week on the blog, um, and uh, I I write probably a blog every other day about ghosts, wow. spirits, people, or pets. Mm-hmm. So all right, uh, I would ask you, Rob, if you have any events coming up, but with things the way they are, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, the... Well, you know, believe it or not, I actually do. <laughs> All right, well, really? fire away then. Let's yeah, so this coming, Friday, this coming Friday, there's a Facebook Live with Inspired Ghost Tracking. Okay. Uh, Troy Klein, one of the mediums, is is going to be uh, hosting it, and we're going to be talking about uh, getting the trust of a ghost to ke- to uh, cross them over. And <clears throat> both myself and uh, my husband, Tom, are going to partake in that. Um, and then <clears throat> um, on... In June, I think around the 27th, I'm actually going to be doing a private Zoom uh, event as a fundraiser for uh, Animal Rescue over an island. Oh. Um, and I've got a bunch of other events coming up, but we may be doing those also uh, by video. Fantastic. That's Very amazing. Good. I All love right. that, you, that you raise money for the animal <laughs> yeah. shelters. I love that. Yeah, Thank that's you. That's great. All right, my friend, I really appreciate you having you back. We'll definitely have to bring you back soon. Uh, We love having you on the show. So, Well, thanks. It's always a pleasure being here with friends. Oh, absolutely. You guys be safe and um, be happy and know that I love you very much. Oh, we love you too, Rob. Mm -hmm. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I need a moment I say.